welcome to the Logos Hope, the largest floating book there in the world. We hope you enjoy browsing our selection of over 5,000 different titles. <laughs> Jokes. Um, welcome to Manna in the Midst, episode <laughs> seven? Seven, I think, yeah. Woohoo! And it's us together as a team again. Today, well, we asked some of our Instagram followers about um, which topics they would like us to talk about in the podcast. And since we both lived on a ship together, um, we had one particular person who was curious to know what it's like to live on a ship. And I've also just had some friends in general asking me um, about the ins and outs of life on a ship. So we thought it would be cool to chat about that today. And we asked our audience if they had uh, any questions that we would like to answer about the ship. And um, there were some really interesting ones. And we also have some other topics that we'd like to cover today. So um, I think we can jump right in. Yeah. So what's the first topic? Well, a good question to start with. Do we recommend living on a ship? Yes. <laughs> well, of course we do. We've only had the chance to live on it for two months. Unfortunately, I would love to have been there for a much longer time. But those two months, definitely, I'd, I'd recommend to anyone. Yeah. Um, another question. Uh, was it scary? Was it scary? Um, for the most part, I didn't even really think that I was on a ship. Like, I didn't feel like I was. You kind of forget because it's so big. Um, but then I think when you're sailing, sometimes obviously you do remember then that you're you're on your on a boat. Um, and sometimes I think because we were on the deck one, we were quite close to the engine room. And Leonie, you mentioned that a few times you could hear noises from the engine room, and then you kind of think about various things that could go wrong, or like what if there's <laughs> I don't know water leaking or something's happening in the engine room, and we're right next to it. So. <laughs> yeah exactly um we also once went into the engine room and there's this really um interesting thing it's called the dead man alarm and so the person who is keeping watch in the engine room uh they have to respond to an alarm that goes off i don't know how many times i guess maybe every hour or maybe less than that and they'd have to stand up and push a button to confirm that the person in the engine room hasn't died <laughs> which, <laughs> which is really funny yeah well you find it funny but i thought <laughs> it was gonna be because <laughs> it's like some serious business in the engine room like it's intense true it gets it gets really hot there yeah yeah it's tough work um also uh when like with the question about uh, whether it was scary um you mentioned how we were like down in deck one um someone else asked what our cabins looked like <laughs> <laughs> and I remember mentioning to my friends like yeah I was in a 10 people cabin and they were like wait without windows <laughs> and I said yeah I mean we were under sea level <laughs> yeah <laughs> I kind of forget we were underwater yeah can you explain about the time that we had cabin inspection? Yes. So um, once a month you have a cabin inspection, but we were always told that it could be any Saturday. So you never really knew when it was happening. 
Um, so that was supposed to sort of scare you into keeping it respectably tidy. Um, and so we would do what we had to do. We had like, I mean, one girl in our cabin, shout out to a mill set, was the sort of mum. And she would she would basically clean most of the cabin. <laughs> uh, I, I admit I did not do as much as I should have done. Um, but we all made our beds. And then you can get like, is it one to three? One is like perfect, amazing. And if you get so many ones, you can get vouchers for the ship shop. Um, and then like yeah. the two is like, okay. So we think we got some ones and then like a two one time or something so we did pretty well mm-hmm. and then um I was in the book fair just you know minding my own business doing my job and then um I got called by the welcome desk they were like you have to go to a cabin now and I was like oh but I'm I'm still working and they were like no you have to go right now you, you know you've been called to the cabin so <laughs> I kind of stressfully mm-hmm. like I didn't know what to expect so I went down to my cabin and saw the rest of our cabin mates there as well as a lady from personnel the and captain. the captain himself <laughs> Captain James Berry himself in our room and I was like what's going on do you want to carry on story <laughs> well I mean the problem is that I only came in after you'd already yeah, had you came most in late. of the talking <laughs> and I was so confused because I was up like um taking some kids that well that sounds like I totally kidnapped them but I mean <laughs> <laughs> giving a tour to children from um Trenchtown in Kingston some really sweet kids by the way but this is now I'm derailing so I don't know the rest of the story I'm still oh. like confusion about what exactly happened that day so were you not how much of it did you hear then well I heard that they apparently there'd been a complaint that we make too much noise yeah which is confusing because we would always make noise on the stairs but not in the cabin itself yeah because one of our cabin mates always went to bed really early so the cabin itself was always quiet by curfew of like 10 but we would Mm. all talk in the corridor but that's everyone not just our cabin and I think also there were some complaints about it being untidy or something because remember them them saying oh you you have you haven't failed your cabin inspection but like you're not really maintaining you know good cleanliness and stuff and like when they came in unfortunately there were like shoes everywhere and our beds weren't made (laughs) it was a bit of a tip so that was unfortunate Um, (laughs) unfortunate uh, but it kind of did look like that all the time (laughs) So I still don't, I don't know where they would have heard that from unless someone, you know, told on us from the cabin. But then everyone mm-hmm. there seemed to be really confused unless someone was pretending. So mm-hmm. I don't know. And there's Maybe. a snake in our midst. <laughs> I, bet it, <laughs> I bet it's like the ghost of the little seven-year-old pyjama trousers <laughs> that were hidden. Oh, wait, I just remember something. Remember when all of your stuff, well, everyone's stuff went missing as well. <gasps> True. <laughs> Just to, like, clarify for the audience about the the pyjamas, there was this, like, metal thing in our cabin. And and we didn't realise that there were things underneath until this one day, because it made a loud clanging sound when you stood on it. And then we found pyjama trousers from a seven-year-old, like, blue checkered ones, and a couple of other clothes. And we were so confused. But I think then, I think we asked, someone asked the captain about it. And he said... That the clothes are there to muffle the sound, I think. Uh, oh, I see. But, I mean, that's Ooh. what they want you to believe, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Conspiracy. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah there's a, but, hopefully that answers your question about what the cabin... Did we even explain what the cabin's like? Looks like. Well, I guess to answer <laughs> that question, um, we, ha- we were accept- 
we were exceptional. We were special because we had a 10 people cabin because we're just there for a short time. But um, the majority of the people live in a four people cabin. And there's also like a two person cabin if you're above a certain age and then family cabins as well. And so kind of the the cooler you are on the ship, <laughs> the more higher up. <laughs> no kidding. The, like you get upgraded to better living circumstances. Um, but yeah, we had bunk beds and they were in really odd shapes. And you had to like climb up on other people's beds to be able to even get into your own one um, in some people's cases. And then we had our own little sink and everyone had a cupboard um, with a couple of shelves, but not a lot of space naturally. And um, you're trying to have 400 people on the ship. And unfortunately, um, our toilets were often uh, unusable. <laughs> True. <laughs> often well, very often, but we were sharing one bathroom kind of cubicle thing. No, not a cubicle. One bathroom with twenty girls. And yeah. so and and blockage of toilets was a common thing on the ship. Yeah. But I remember yeah. like when you walked into the toilets for the first time, like was I was a little bit like, oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> just a, like very basic which is fine now and I was totally used to it but I remember feeling a little bit like shocked <laughs> and how small everything was and I was like this is for 20 people I was like help yeah I I mean I maybe I had like a short wave of that kind of feeling and then soon enough I was like oh well we are living on a ship what what did you expect yeah but I think I struggled a lot like the first shower when mm. I was I knew I needed to like get beach ready and I was like trying to put all my clothes in the cubicle <laughs> yeah but the shower got the water all the way to the door if you didn't get the big shower because everyone wanted the big shower yeah but of course you don't always get it so then you you hung your clothes all nicely and then you're in your shower and then your clothes get all wet yeah <laughs> and when we'd be sailing like at times the shower wouldn't drain as well either and then you've got the water sloshing <laughs> like up and down because of the movements of the ship yeah well I just mentioned sailing did you get seasick um no I think I felt a little bit kind of queasy the first day maybe because it was a new sensation um and I was in the toilets and shout out to Joelle um (laughs) she was feeling very very sick and then I think she she felt like she was gonna throw up she was like leave leave the toilet so you don't throw up so I like left the bathroom and then she was um subsequently sick um so poor Joelle did not cope well but um thankfully I yeah I wasn't actually sick same I felt like somehow um yeah dame fortune smiled upon me or something like that (laughs) um no i i didn't feel sick um which was really nice it's really a blessing but i know that some people really suffered and when you were sick um people would go to the clinic we had a doctor on board and you could get seasickness pills and people would just lie down in the on the lobby in deck five because that was one of the best places to be so yeah but that wasn't too much of a problem was it no except for one of our cabin mates bless her she was not well at Mm. all (laughs) 
Um, uh, maybe we can talk about a kitchen related thing. Yeah, yeah, sure. One thing that was really funny was, um, well, I mean, the ki- so just I was part of the kitchen staff. So this is just a heads up because we worked our butts off and I loved working in the kitchen. And I think they do an amazing job, but you've got limited resources and it just makes sense that you can't always provide the very best food. <laughs> so before you guys think that we're complaining about the kitchen, we were super, super grateful. But there were just some really funny things mm-hmm. that are worth mentioning. Um, one thing is that there's like a holy grail item on the ship that everyone <laughs> wanted. And it was the big bowl. <laughs> and the reason why is that if you had a big bowl, it means that you have the capability to make your own noodles. And in the ship shop, um, which is a little shop in Staff Lounge, is where we could buy things. Um, and you could buy noodles there. And then if you didn't like dinner, or if you didn't like lunch, then you could just make your own noodles. And loads of people did that. Mm-hmm. And why might you not want to eat the lunch? Well, it was the same every single day. Um, But personally, I never got sick of, we call them cold cuts because it was always usually um, nice bread, actually, with, you know, cheese pieces, salami pieces, and then a banging salad. But the salad was only banging as long as there was salad dressing. Um, (laughs) If there was no dressing, I'm not a fan of plain salad, I must say. But with the dressing, I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, I understand Mm -hmm. why some people wouldn't enjoy it because that's a very, like, European lunch. So for those that don't eat that kind of food back home, I can see why they wouldn't have liked it. True. Also, um, with the the cold cuts, there was this one day that it was so cute. This person came up to me and they asked me to compliment the person who'd uh, done the cold cuts that day because they were so neatly arranged because <laughs> we had to <laughs> cut up the meat and cheese and stuff and put it in nice rows um but yeah <laughs> that was really cute and I went back into the galley kitchen um to tell the person mm. it was so nice and one day we had um hot dogs oh was it hot dogs that yeah always... hot dogs and also yeah. burgers as well when literally whenever someone mentions the word hot dogs i think of this song and it's like hot dogs french fries come on baby tell me your lies i know that i shouldn't tell the whole song (laughs) but it's it's a song guys look it up on youtube hot dogs french fries and there's this really cute video of skeletons dancing and i just thought it was relevant because my name's yeah okay i can see why you would like it yeah it's really cute (laughs) also um kitchen related in the mornings we would put out spreads uh, so you had peanut butter or jam um and well for a long for the first couple of ports that we were there the spreads were out all day and you could have emergency bread or emergency cereal when there was no when the food line wasn't open you could make your own sandwich so at night we often made a peanut butter and jam sandwich and or just peanut butter of course 
And then we entered Jamaica and they're much more strict about garbage disposal. So um, <laughs> people started like hoarding <laughs> peanut butter cups. <laughs> and there was this one day that I was cleaning the flowers in the uh, dining room and I took the flowers out of the flower pots and there was this one pot with like a whole stash <laughs> of peanut butter and jam and yeah and I think there's literally been someone who was like saving it there for future (laughs) future use (laughs) we found so many weird things in between the plants like (laughs) man (laughs) yeah and then that leads on to talk about garbage disposal as well because we had to separate all of our garbage um and like we had to do that with our cabin cabin bins as well. Like it was like dirty paper, clean paper, and then plastics. Um, and then some of us had the. Did you ever do um, separating the garbage in the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like yeah. you did it, and then for book fair we had to take all of our stuff from the bins and do it. So that was a fun, humbling job as well to sort all the garbage out. True, it's also really good for the environment. Like it I'm is, glad yeah. that they do it. But it's it's crazy the things that you find. That's more like I remember that. Well, this is really too dank. Actually, <laughs> moving swift, moving swiftly <laughs> onwards. Uh, what was I going to? Oh, and also we're going to talk about laundry as well. So mm-hmm. we had the wonderful angels who cleaned the whole ship, including doing all of our laundry. So we each have a a day when um your cabin was assigned to. Um, have their laundry done to take it down to the laundry and put it into different bins for different colours and things, um, which was really fun. And then sometimes you would, uh, I'd you have to label your clothes. And there were a few times where I lost various things for a while. Um, True. Anything else to add about laundry? Well, the funny thing is that if you lose clothes, like they would end up um, in Charlie. And you might be wondering what Charlie is, but it's like the sec- free secondhand shop. So it's basically you can give your clothes to be worn by someone else. But that's also where clothes go if they haven't been picked up by their owners. Because after being put in that type of lost and found thing. And so, so there are there were days that, of course, like I love secondhand shopping. So I would just go to Charlie anyway to find a clothing item that um, I like and sometimes I just thought to myself oh you know this is great I'm not going to take it back home but I wear it while I'm on the ship yeah I did that <laughs> um, and I'm still wearing this dude's joggers like <laughs> almost every day <laughs> every time I put them on I'm like oh nice to see your name <laughs> and um, but what was I where was I going with the story oh oh yeah I'd always feel this like deep worry that I'm wearing somebody else's item that wasn't supposed to end up in Charlie and did get lost in the laundry, but that they're just too polite (laughs) to confront me about it. And then if you just see them around the ship, it's just so awkward. (laughs) Yeah. I actually walked up to um, uh, someone from book fair uh, because I thought it was his t-shirt and I was like, excuse me, can I just, verify whether this is your t-shirt or not and he was like no no it's not and I was like oh, okay bye <laughs> um let me think whether there's anything else there were more questions actually there was like what 
Did you get any new perspectives of life on land when you were at sea? Um, oh yeah, and we were saying about, we were talking about this beforehand, about how, like, the joys of just being able to, like, walk outside whenever you want on your own because there were always these rules for safety about you know being in being in twos was like the ideal you couldn't go anywhere on your own which is fair enough sometimes you had to be in like mixed groups of like four or five and then getting around was really hard especially in Jamaica because you couldn't go anywhere well we walked to this ice cream place along this like dirt track and that was our day out (laughs) like it sounds so exotic (laughs) like oh going to the Caribbean like Barbados was amazing because we could go to the walk to the beach each day but, like, Jamaica is beautiful, but we couldn't really get anywhere without having to pay a lot of money for taxis and stuff. So um, being True. able to come home and honestly just walk to the seaside on my own was is wonderful. Um, and being able to, yeah, like, hear the birds singing and just have alone time um, is really nice. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to add? Well, I agree. Also, with regards to what you said in Jamaica, it's not just the transport that's expensive, but actually they um some of the thing like the sites there they make it a paid you have to pay an entrance fee to visit it so when I looked at like visiting Blue Mountain it just says you have to pay to go up on it <laughs> whereas in the Netherlands it's it's not a done thing to make like a certain mountain a paid attraction yeah so I think that's just a difference but yeah, we also sometimes had off days on the ship. So naturally you can't, uh, on the ship, while sailing. And naturally you can't go anywhere while you're sailing. But I loved those off days because then you could just um, really relax and not do work. And you could go into the little library. And in the evening, I would go onto the top deck and look at the stars. <clears throat> yeah. The view of the stars on the ship is incredible. Yeah, I know. We were, like, really excited to look at the stars while we were sailing across the Atlantic. But, alas, that was not to be. But I'm so glad that we at least made the effort to go and see them when we were sailing. True. Something else sailing-related is that often when we would uh, start a new... Well, voyage is a big (laughs) word, but, like, when we would sail from the first island to the next, um we'd have to do a drill again like a safety drill and we also had to do a stowaway search mm. to find out whether um like anyone is hiding on the ship and trying to get uh away yeah which is really unique of course it's not something that I'd ever done before and we even had these really long tools like you know at the dentist with those mirrors at the end that they stick in your yeah. mouth to look at all the corners we had massive ones of those and um yeah people would go around and you had to look in all the nooks and crannies to see if you could find people and then we also had to wear special clothes if the fire alarm or a different alarm would go off we'd have to run to our cabin and put on long sleeves and long trousers and everyone had to have a cap on and it was always really funny to find who had the coolest cap but you felt nervous during the <laughs> drills or you I mean even you were... though like we had it loads of times and every time it was super chill because you just like mostly you just go and sit in the um lounge and just wait for your name to be called and then that would be the end or you'd go and do a stowaway search or one time we had to put on the life jackets and walk around but like 
me and my friend Joelle would always we couldn't like relax until we until the alarm went off because we were just like sat in anticipation of it going off <laughs> so it kind of t- became stressful for us even though it didn't need to be true we're already um doing this podcast episode is a bit I longer know. Than I hope you're before. enjoying it though hopefully it's not boring to listen to yes I think this is is there anything else we want to touch upon um I'm looking at our notes <laughs> <laughs> we've just got air <laughs> there's just this random <laughs> there isn't much to say about that other than that some rooms were colder than others <laughs> true it was just you expect you're going to the caribbean and you take all this like lovely summery clothing um and then the air conditioning just throws you completely <laughs> off guard which you like you think you're in the north pole or something yeah and also there were lots and lots of stairs so I'm. I was a lot. I was True. a lot fitter then than I am now. Let's just say that. I've been trying to keep up my leg muscles, and I'm surprised at how well it's going. <laughs> just speak for myself. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. I'm just distracted by this one sentence in our notes that says, "One day I shared a fried egg with." Three yeah, people. I don't really know. I mean, you can talk about that story if you want to. I didn't really know what to say about that. <laughs> well it's just funny because like whenever would i share a fried egg but with like three why? people but on the ship that, that was all that well, was there well firstly i was craving a fried egg but we only ha- we'd already used eggs to make waffles because we had our own little pantry on the ship so we could actually make our own food but eggs you had to pay for and i collected these eggs not paid for them but I'd like thrown a message into pretty much all the group chats I was in begging (laughs) for eggs because we were (laughs) we wanted to make waffles but the ship shop wasn't open and I was so kindly gifted eggs from various people and I'd collected about five so I was very happy with myself and then we made the waffles but I don't I don't know how come we needed so many something happened anyway in the end I had one egg left but I still really craved that fried egg. But so did the other two girls from Polish Fellowship. So then we shared a fried egg with three people. And I think the funny thing about it is because, like, you would think an egg is not so special. But on on the ship, the eggs, whenever we had eggs, it was on a Sunday. And it was like, um, I don't know if you knew this, Susanna, but we had cartons with egg yolks and cartons with egg whites in the freezer. And we just bought separate yolks and separate whites. And that's, I think that's what they made the egg with. Really? Like the scrambled egg. Yeah, so it wasn't just fresh eggs. Oh, I even though you could so do that. So to me, fresh egg, yeah. To me, a fresh egg was like, you know, I, I made it. Hmm, but it was just a frost, normally it's just a frosted yolk. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, we also had, always had a cooked breakfast on a Sunday morning. That was a real joy. Mm-hmm. made Sundays even better yeah and once we had a delivery of like 3,000 kilograms of chicken <laughs> can you believe it and, you know you'd think 3,000 that's crazy but actually you eat like 400 people you eat chicken a couple times and it's it's finished in two weeks yeah true there's one more fun fact is that I got the opportunity to steer the ship which was really cool mm-hmm. Well, that's not really wrapping it up, is it? <laughs> no. 
So I think we can just say um, we would thoroughly recommend this experience. Today, we've only talked about like the practicalities of living on the ship. We haven't actually gone into um, what Logos Hope as a particular ship does and um, that that most of the days were ministry focused or like or at work or we did we visited churches and all those kind of things that's not at all been part of this podcast um but we just wanted to give you an insight into what it's like not living on land yeah so thanks for listening and i hope you enjoyed this a bit of a longer episode um and thanks to the people that asked questions as well so i think sometimes on instagram we'll put up um a story asking for questions so if you have anything that you think of um keep them stored in your memory and then be feel free to ask for future episodes that's right keep your eyes (laughs) (laughs) thank you okay bye